0: crying a Which the Lord has made known to us. So they went to the peace and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying.
1: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So tonight, I would like us to address the question of why. Why Christmas? Why this Christmas thing? Why did God choose to become human and live among us? If God wanted to communicate with us, why didn't God just do some God thing? You know, open up the heavens, rain down lightning and thunder to get everybody's attention, and then speak, speak so that everybody in every language could hear what God was saying. God can do these things. Why didn't God do that? Why go through this process of becoming one of us? Well, theologians have addressed that question of why throughout the ages, some rather well, some rather poorly, but for my money, the theologian that puts it best, that best addresses the question of why, is Soren Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard was a a philosopher and theologian who lived in the first half of the 19th century. He died way too early at age 42 in 1855. But he left us with his thoughts on the why of Christmas. Now, interestingly, this brilliant theologian didn't leave these thoughts in a, in a typical theological treatise that is heavy with words and difficult to comprehend. Instead, he left his thoughts in the form of a fable. The name of the fable is the humble maiden, and the king. And today, I'd like to share that fable with you. Now, to get started, every great fable must begin with what words? Once once upon a time. Once upon a time, there was a king. A king who loved a humble maiden. This maiden lived in the smallest and poorest village in all of the kingdom. Now this was no ordinary king. This was a king so powerful that when others heard his voice, they cringed. All would kneel before him at his command. A king so Powerful that no one dared even whisper a word against him because of his ability to crush any of his opponents. In wealth, his wealth was unimaginable. His holdings were enormous. His armies were the largest in the world. His kingdom dwarfed all others. He was a king above all kings. And daily, daily his wealth increased because lesser kings would send him tribute, would send him gifts, hoping to gain his favor. But despite all of this wealth, all of this power, the king was melted by his love for this humble maiden. He longed to go to her, to kneel before her and express his love for her. But that very longing created a dilemma for him. How could he, how should he express his love to her? Oh, he could, he could, he could appear before her in her village, resplendent in all of his garments with his vast royal guard behind him he could take her and place her in a carriage laid with gold and jewels and whisk her to his castle and there at his palace he could place a golden bejeweled crown on her head he could put he could put bracelets of silver and gold on her arms he could put rings on her fingers with fine jewels. He could dress her in the most precious silks and linens. He could do all of these things. And surely she would not resist him. For who would, who could resist this king? But would she love him. She might say that she loves him. She might tremble in awe at power. She might might tremble at the very thought of the enormity of the offer being given to her. She might even tell herself that it would be foolish to reject such a marriage proposal, but would she love him? Or would she simply find herself going through the motions of being a queen, living an empty life and longing for what she had left behind? Would she truly love him or would she regret the moment that she came face to face with the overwhelming grandeur of this king? Would she be happy at his side, loving him for who he was and not for his kingdom, not for his money, not for his power? The king did not want a queen, did not want a wife who was merely a subject obeying his whims, cringing at every word, unable to do anything other than just agree with what he did and said, no. This king wanted a queen who was his equal. He wanted a queen whose love knew no boundaries, knew no limitations, He wanted a queen. He wanted a wife who was his equal and felt comfortable speaking to him at any time about anything with no hesitation whatsoever. He wanted a love with this maiden that tore down all barriers, tore down all walls, a love that would span the chasm between a mighty king and a lowly peasant maiden a love that would bring them together, a love that would render equal the unequal. But how? How to win the heart of this maiden without overwhelming her, without destroying her freedom to choose? That was his dilemma. The dilemma that kept him awake at nights. the dilemma that he faced day by day until finally he came to the realization that he had only one choice. If he was going to win the heart of this maiden, he had to become like her. Without the title of a king, without wealth, and without possessions. Only then would she see him for who he really was and not who he appeared to be because of his station. She realized that he had to become her equal. And that meant leaving everything, he had everything he had known behind. And so one night, in the middle of the night, when all else, everybody else in the castle was asleep, the king went into his chambers. He stood there, and he took off his golden crown and he sat aside. He took the royal rings off of his fingers and placed them in a box on a table. He took off his fine silks and linens and hung them up. And then he redressed himself in the simple, coarse robe of a peasant. And then quietly, with no one noticing, he left the castle by way of the servant's entrance, leaving behind his crown, his possessions, his kingdom. The next morning, as the sun was rising in the east, This humble maiden as she did every morning walked out of her tiny home and as she walked through the door she came face to face with a stranger a common man man dressed as a peasant but with kindly eyes and a gentle smile and this stranger Quietly asked if he might be able to speak to her and in time court her for her hand in marriage. Now, in this fable, the humble maiden. Is who? It's humanity, it's all of us, and it is each of us. And the king, the all-powerful king, is of course God, the same God who wants to have a relationship of mutual love with each and every one of us. And this parable reveals that Christmas happened, that Christ was born because love, because power, even enormous power, can never coerce love into existence. This king wanted an intimacy of heart, a oneness of spirit with his maiden, exactly like God, Wants that intimacy and that oneness with all of us and each of us. This parable reveals that power, even enormous power, cannot unlock a human heart. The heart can only be unlocked from the inside. And that's why 2,000 years ago, Jesus began that courtship with us. And it's why tonight we celebrate the reality that this same courtship continues. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Amen.